Hey guys, my name is Dennis. And I'm Vitaly. Welcome to episode one of I See Your Talent podcast. To give you guys a little overview of how the podcast will go today is part one, we're gonna talk a little bit more about our story, our journey as friends, as business partners. And then we're gonna get into a little bit more about the future of this podcast and what you guys can expect. So make sure to tune in, grab your coffees, grab your teas, macchiatos, or I mean, cocktails, whatever you're up to, uh, and uh, tune in, get comfortable. This is about to be a fun little ride. I need to know everything, who in the what in the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're Before we dive into this, the future of this podcast, I feel like it'd be cool to kind of go into our story and how we met and how, you know, how this whole thing came to be. Uh, I feel like there's so many moments that happened that led up to this moment. And, you know, the fact that, you know, we're three years in now and we're here finally doing this. We've been talking about doing this for such a long time. This has been a big dream of yours, though, for a while. We've been talking about it for forever with me. You're obsessed with podcasts. Dude. Like, I, I love them, don't get me wrong, but you're obsessed with podcasts. Dude, Simply I remember put. when I was in Portland just consuming them. I don't know why. I just, want, I just was so fascinated by them. And I was just like, dude, I, one day, you know, one day I want to get into it. But we're here now. So take me back, because I know you, you came to LA before me. You were here for about five years now. I've been here for about three. Take me back to, first of all, you and how you came to LA and then basically your first moments of how we met and what you remember. So, I mean, way before I even came to LA, I started off with weddings. A lot of people don't maybe know this or do know this, but my whole story started with my parents actually that were in wedding photography and wedding videography. And so I, when I was homeschooled most of my life, I was actually alongside watching or most of the time actually editing the mm -hmm. actual project, sitting there at 13, 12, literally just cutting up weddings like a champ, like a kid. <laughs> but I, uh, you know, as any kid, it's a little extra cash, it was fun. But it was never like, I don't know, it was never something I like looked to get into. It just started happening naturally, I think, because of the family. Mm -hmm. um, and even my family, the way they got into it, it's not like they were looking to get into it, but um, I think my mom, when she got pregnant with my little brother and she had to leave, you know, at the time for the pregnancy and everything like mm -hmm. that, a friend of hers asked her to shoot a wedding of hers and she's like, well, I don't know how to do this. Well, she's like, well, you do stuff here and there with the camera. Like, you know how to hold the camera, just mm -hmm. shoot it. Like, we're not expecting much. Right, right, right. And so she just kind of like, okay, I'll try. You know, and she did it. She did one, obviously, then word of mouth and it just kind of began moving on its own. And in a matter of a few years, she was pretty much dominating our community with wedding photos mm -hmm. in a very short period of time. And she got busy and then my dad got busy with wedding videos and it just became this whole thing where growing up coming in, it was just like interesting, you know? Mm -hmm. it's, it's interesting to see this. And I was an introvert. I, I don't really, you know, go out much. I don't really care to play outside all the time at the time and all of that. So I would stick inside and just be bored on my computer, constantly Photoshopping things or doing stuff if I'm inside. Yeah. It was never like, I had to learn this. It just kind of came into my life. You were kind of, it was, brought, it was brought, it was brought to you. You never asked for it. Yeah. Exactly. And so I kind of started falling in love with it. But the more that I got into the photography aspect of it, I would shoot anything and everyone. I would shoot my little brother all the time, take him out to the park in the back next mm -hmm. to our, you know, cul-de-sac and just like shoot, 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 shoot. And it started slowly becoming like an intricate part of my life as I started shooting, you know, friends and schoolmates and then maybe anyone at church anytime I could and youth services, wherever I could just to get in and on mm -hmm. the map and just started like basically telling, you know, my little story. And I didn't think of this going far. I didn't like try to make a career out of it. You know, at the time I was going to school and yeah. I was thinking I'm going to be some, you know, doctor, something like everyone else is trying to be a career, but this was definitely not on my plan. So you started doing photography. When did the name On The Light come to you? Because that name, you brought that name from Seattle. 
so that name came, yeah, it's true. It came before I moved to LA, but it wasn't the first name. I went through a series of <laughs> names. Uh, it was Metallic <laughs> Mega Photography. Really it was names. Capturing Life Photography. I think I had. I remember Capturing Life. God, yeah, you remember like, that? Yeah. You're like, what do I, what do I do with this brand? <laughs> I remember. At the time, you're not really thinking. You're just thinking, what, what, what are people going to buy into? You know, like, are you going to like it if I call my name this? Or like, you don't know, you know, yeah. there's nothing. you're a kid, like you're, you're trying, to figure it trying out. to figure out as you're doing little senior photo shoots mm -hmm. and whatever else that you could find. But it was never like something I wanted to do again, per se, like right. it's just again, something you kind of naturally start falling into, but it was so fun for me. That's all that I knew. It was like, every time I picked it up, it made me and forced me to, I mean, let's be honest, go out with, you know, I got the chance to go out with cute girls, oh, take snap. photos oh, snap. when I was young. And I got to take photos and shoot and like enjoy my time. But it was, you know, I'm an awkward kid. You know, I don't really know how to interact in general. I'm just learning and it was mm -hmm. my excuse. And quite frankly, it was one of the best things in the world that could have happened to me because if it didn't start weddings and mm -hmm. all that stuff and shooting all my friends, then I don't know if I would have been or been able to break out of my shell as it is. Yeah. So you started there, you started taking photos that transitioned you into weddings. How long was that period of time? So I did weddings for about a solid three years, but I did wedding photography, but that's also how I met you, mm -hmm. uh, was through our friend Dimas of Chuk, which was doing wedding videos in Seattle. Yeah. And you were doing more stuff in Portland. And one of the times basically you came out and helped do a shoot with mm -hmm. us as a third shooter. I, I remember believe, that or I was the third shooter, but you came out and you were helping um, and you were on your phone the whole time. And I remember how pissed he was. was. Dude, I was not just, about being there. You didn't care. There. You I were was just, not about being there. I yeah, was just like, it's like you had the care. important job there too. You were kind of in the back just following the story. Like you weren't like, you know, shooting those moments. But I mean, I was, I was, I was a big time director, bro. I mean, I mean I was a big time be honest, director. In our community, like... in our you were, you were. No, bro, like, this is just like... no, 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 but your short film, like you have to realize in our Russian community specifically, like nobody was doing that. I didn't see anybody going out of their way to shoot anything and especially with those for me all i saw was it's a big camera i like would see those behind the scene photos and i'll just be like oh it's so cool and I like remember a, red camera i was like exactly. gotta get a red camera for my films you oh know? it was it was one of the coolest things it was just inspiring to see somebody come out and take a step you just took a step and you were doing something different and just to be honest with people noticed that and people saw that and it was just different and not something that is normal mm -hmm. at all. Like, yeah. perfectly even looking back at it still, I don't really know how many people still even do stuff like that in our hometown in Pacific yeah. Northwest yeah. on any of those subjects. So it was definitely inspiring. But when you came in, you were just kind of chilling back on your phone. I'm like, well, yeah, he's important, I guess. God damn. And I'm like, here, here, like trying to break a conversation, you know, just trying to listen in. I'm like sitting in the back. I, I remember that time so clearly because it was just like that first moment of like, damn, okay, like that's Dennis. Cool. And then after that, I think what some time passed, and then we started shooting together. Yeah, you invited yeah. Me. I remember. I remember. I was going to uh, shooting a wedding in Seattle, filming a wedding, mm -hmm. and I needed a second shooter, and so I hit you up. I don't know. I don't know why. I just was like, oh, like I heard of this guy Vitali, so I might as well hit him up and see see what happens. Mm -hmm. um, How so, was that, by the way? That first time. Remember, it was at that castle, right? The yeah, castle yeah, wedding. Yeah, Thornbird. Thornburg Castle, something, something like, that. like that. Yeah. yeah. I remember that. I knew you were like a wedding videographer, and I was like. You know, I hear he's like decent. <laughs> yeah. He knows how to use a steady, you know, use a you know a glide cam. So I was like, might as well, you know, hire right. him out, see what happens. You know, right. <laughs> I mean, at that point, I was like, dude, like, I don't have any choices. Like, I have right. to just like go with my gut. Like, if this works, it works. If it doesn't, it is what mm -hmm. it is. Yeah, and so I think I remember that day you and I like connected yeah. and just started a conversation. That was like the mm -hmm. day one of our friendship. 
you know, and that we was... We still have a photo of that, actually. Yeah, we I was wearing have my a pink salmon uh, uh-huh. button-up shirt. Yep, 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 yep. Exactly. Crazy. Yeah, so, okay, so what then transitioned you from the Vitaly that we didn't know to the Vitaly we know now, right? The Own the Light Vitaly, the Vitaly that went from nature photos to influencer photos, right? What was that transition like when you started transitioning yeah. from nature to influencer Seattle to LA? Yeah, so I think it, even before we transitioned into nature, uh, like all that stuff, and that was a trend because that was all social media, Instagram just came up, people started hopping on it and it was mm-hmm. cool. But um, for me, the reason why I even stopped with weddings, weddings were, I, I was doing them and I imagine being a young kid, you're what, 16, 17, 18, you're starting mm-hmm. to shoot, you're making decent money, yeah. you know, for running around doing something you're kind of good at, like yeah. kind of still learning, you know. My last two years specifically, I started to get to getting so busy with, cause I was doing both photo and video, like heavy. Mm-hmm. And so doing my own like whole, like year, booking out uh, my whole summers with, with weddings and then like, I was counting up my last two years. I was doing like 40 something weddings a year. Jeez. It's insane. Like That's it kept a lot of weddings a year. A lot. That's like more than a full-time job. Mm-hmm. The, when, the, re, the, the moment when I was like, okay, I think this is starting to burn me out was I had a, I remember it was like a Thursday, Friday, Saturday wedding. And I was shooting, a, I flew into Alaska on a Thursday. I shot the wedding. I hopped on a flight, red eye, came to Seattle shot the wedding, I think on Saturday in Seattle, and then flew back for a Sunday wedding in Alaska again, another wedding. And I remember I coming back from Alaska after that, and I was just like, yo, I don't know if I could do this. Yeah. Like I this was not so sustainable. Tired. And I didn't know how to like delegate at the time. I didn't understand anything. So I was taking everything on. Plus and the so money is good, right? The money you was get the great. deposits in, you're like oh, chilling, yeah, you know? Exactly. And so, yeah, and this was like me still obviously in college, like I just started, you know, running start. What I was like young, yeah. young kid, I'm trying yeah. to figure this out. But I think even that time I was mature enough to understand that I began to burn out in terms of like, I would come into a wedding and I knew how to do it so well, it became automated that I was just like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna come in, here's my checkpoints and I'm gonna take care of it. It was a job for you, it wasn't like, it wasn't something tell a story, you were just like, I have to do this because I'm getting paid for it. Exactly. And that's it. And, and that's something about me. I always say true to that. Like, I don't do something because I have to. I've never been that person. So for me, that moment was like, okay, I'm tired of feeling like I'm basically kind of almost in a sense, like I'm not pa- as passionate as I could be for these right. people's once in a lifetime like, moment. It's time. it's time to do it's something the, different. Exactly. And so from there, I think naturally alongside that time, I started going out a lot more with a lot of my friends and just, we started shooting in nature, grabbing models, putting them in these locations. And that mm-hmm. was so beautiful. People weren't seeing people in crazy locations mm-hmm. and beautiful locations. So it naturally started transitioning into that. And then from there, I think it just, you know, me being wild and free. So I moved to Nashville at some point and I lived there for six, seven months with one of my buddies. And we, um, just created music and we worked with some homeless. It was something we fell into. My buddy was moving out there and was like, you want to come? I'm like, sure. I was 18 and we just hopped in the car, literally packed up yeah, my well, stuff. And why not? There. Why not? Yep. And then stayed there for a little bit, came back and then shortly started visiting LA a lot. Mm-hmm. And in that time when I'm visiting, um, I started slowly but surely meeting creators and different influencers. And again, not something I asked for, not mm-hmm. something I was looking for. It just began what to happen. What year is this? 2015. Okay. It's five years. So 2015, ago. you're in LA now. Actually, I think, I think my first photo shoot, if I can remember, I came across it not too long ago, was March of 2015 was when I shot my first set of YouTubers, wow, really? which was Alexa Lucy and Sierra Ramirez. 
That's crazy. Great individuals. That was, I, love I think them. that was when I shot my, my film. I think you flew in to, for the filming of, of my right. short film. You asked for the BTS And I think photos. then you either flew back after or you did that before. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I remember March of 2015, actually. Yeah. So it was, it was already a process back in the day. But it was just for me, I, just, I was tired. I didn't see anything happening in Seattle. And um, I think there's a lot of just me needing to get out of there based on my mm -hmm. past. And I just wanted to let, let's just go. I don't yeah. need to go figure this out. I just need to get own. out of here. You're just like, I, f I hit my ceiling. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I mean, it was good because in the time I was in college, I was doing engineering. I was in mechanical yeah. engineering, oh, wow. like literally. And I was basically a quarter away from getting my degree and I dropped out. And it was a tough conversation at the time. It was a conversation with my mom and I'm like, hey mom, look, I'm dropping out. I want to do something else and I want to shoot. This is what I want to do. And at the time I was making stuff up because she's like, okay, if you're dropping out, I need you to give me a plan. Mm -hmm. I need you to show me exactly what you're doing mm -hmm. and tell me how you're doing it. And I kind of got into it and I'm like, okay, came back to her a week later. I'm like, here's my plan. I'm going to do weddings. This is what I'm going to do. Just, you know, it was just this, some bullcrap plan just to get yeah, this out, get you out. know, it was a good start, you know, and it forced me a thing. And my mom gave me one piece of advice that literally stands true to this very day for mm -hmm. me. And that is, she said, you're going to be leaving school, but you need to understand that now life is going to be school. Life is Ooh, going to good. be your lesson so like you have to wake up every day and look at life as a lesson you have to grab something from it and not walk aimlessly through life yeah. and start looking for that and it like without me realizing it sunk so deep mm -hmm. and it rooted itself so deep in my life to where when i did move to la and when i wasn't an easy start mm -hmm. it was a constant drive of like no matter what i'm gonna shoot 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 no matter what i have yeah. to it is yeah. what i do it's what i'm gonna love to do and it's what i'm gonna continue doing it's and amazing. at the time it was just simple plan i wanted to do photography for as long as I could look yeah. forward to it. Yeah. That's it, I just wanted to get good, at, good at it and be the best at it and now simply put that. So let me ask you, when I was moving out here, I know that you we were friends at the time, but I'm actually really curious to hear your perspective. When I was hopping in my car and moving out here, um, it was, again, unplanned. I was just coming to LA, I'm, like, I'm gonna figure it out. Mm -hmm. What was your perspective on all that when that was all happening? What were you doing at the time and how was that, you know, how was that time for you? I mean, I always saw you as this, this dude that just took so many risks. Like, mm. like every time I'd ask you to do something or help me out with something or come down to Portland and shoot a wedding, like even though like you had something going on the day before, you would literally like work through the day and drive through the night and then you would come to Portland the next day and the next day we have a whole day of shooting, filming a wedding. And I think I started to see something different in you you were like this crazy kid that like was willing to take all these risks and a lot of times you had to pay for it because you were tired, you were kind of at times like breaking down in a way, right? And it was hard for you, I could see that. But one thing that I saw in you that like you just knew what you wanted and you just, even though maybe you didn't know exactly what it was, you were still fighting for it and, and you, would, you were willing to take the risks and the steps to actually figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. When you moved to LA, we had a ton of conversations. You were like, it's time, you know, you were like, I'm meeting so many people here and it's, you know, I, we, you know everybody saw your work. Like, you started posting on the, on the Light Instagram and, it, it, you know, when you moved to LA, how many, how many followers did you have on there? Dude, Just under, under 10,000 probably. Like 10,000, I remember like 10,000 followers, you were just like figuring it out. And honestly, for me, it was just like, I knew at some point I'm going to find myself there. Mm. I didn't know when, but I just knew that at some point... I had to be there too because I was passionate about, I think, people as, as much as you were. And even though I didn't, maybe didn't want to be a photographer, I wanted to be in the industry and I wanted to 
being film and something to do with content and anything like that, right. you know. Um, and so I honestly was just like inspired. I was like, dude, Tally's doing it. Um, for me, it was a little bit different. I was finishing up school. I was in film mm, school and I was doing right. that whole thing. And I had the wedding business in Portland. And I guess I didn't see life outside of that. Right. Right. But, you know, there came moments where the conversations we'd have, you would push me. You'd be like, so what's holding you back? Like, why wouldn't you, why wouldn't you move? Why wouldn't you take the risk? Like, what's holding you back? And I think that started a whole conversation. So for me, even like LA, like I couldn't, I guess maybe I was too young to even see all of the, and I think that's actually a big thing. I couldn't see, foresee all of the issues I would have. Mm. Too much money or too little money. Am I going to have enough? I came to LA with a few grand. I didn't have money. Yeah. It wasn't like, say, figured it out. I literally packed up the five there was no, pieces of there was clothes no planning I there. It was just like... Just like, See what I, happens. I want to do it. Yeah. yeah. And now that I think about it, it's like, you can't just do that. Like, where do you live? What do you do? Like, where do you get paid? Your job? Like, the older you get, the more things you begin thinking about. But even now, though, still, like, we take risks all the time. Yeah. Like, you're constantly pushing the boundaries. But again, yeah. it's just the, it's just something in my head that never allowed me to, con, you know, mm -hmm. st it never stopped me. There's nothing that stopped me. But I think that was the beauty in it because, um, don't get me wrong, things got hard. Like for example, when I came to LA, um, basically in the first two months that I was here, or first three months technically, so the first month I still had a little bit of money and I crashed with my, you know, at the time friends. Mm -hmm. um, very shortly after I needed to get out of there because I'm like, can I crash with you guys for a week or so? Yeah, figure yeah. it out. You know, like I'm gonna figure it out. Yeah, right. I didn't know anybody here. I didn't know a soul. Mm -hmm. like, I couldn't stay with anybody. I couldn't call anybody. It just, it was a blank city. And I had just enough money to eat food and literally pay for a gym membership where I could shower. And then I would just have gas money and stuff to go out mm. and do photo shoots. But it was literally me crashing in my car in the passenger seat and laying down. Just again, it was, there wasn't really another choice. Yeah. And I was not about to go back home. There's nothing for me there. So where else am I going? Yeah. And so it just became a thing where I have to figure it out. And I remember I've had, I was having those phone calls with you. Mm -hmm. I even remember I had a phone call with you one time as I was actually, I don't think you know this. I was setting up a hammock on this rooftop of the company that I was helping out with at the time. I literally few nights got in my sleeping bag, got in a hammock and I would sleep and then go back to the car. On the rooftop it was too cold. of exactly. the building in LA. Yes. <laughs> yes. But the beauty in that was, again, it was that, but after a while it did get tough. And I remember calling my dad, there was a specific moment where I said, dad, I don't know if I could do this anymore. It was my stepdad. And I, I was breaking down yeah. uh, naturally over time. And it just felt like, like as a boy, but as a man at the time, I was like, damn, like I want to support myself and support someone else one day. And I feel I could barely survive on my own. And you know, it, it, it mentally starts psychologically breaking you down mm -hmm. and you start looking at yourself as an actor or not enough mm -hmm. and you're just saying damn like i really probably am not good at this maybe i should quit maybe i should you know whatever and i remember i hopped on a call with him and i was letting him know i think i'm going to be heading back soon like i don't know what else to do mm -hmm. and i remember he stopped me he's like no don't give up and i think i told you about that mm -hmm. convo back in the day but it was it was an interesting moment where he's like no and hearing that from an adult because my mom, of course, like I remember I told her it was hard for her to hear mm -hmm. and they would try to support me at the time, mm -hmm. but they didn't, their finances weren't too good in that moment either. Um, so they couldn't do much. They would send me like a hundred dollars a month or something to try to help me, but it was not enough to yeah. like change my yeah. life or help pay for rent. So I didn't get that support, not because I couldn't, because my parents didn't have it. Right, right, right. All they could do is just say, Dude, you got this. And so my mom always said, like, going. if you ever want to come home, come to South Carolina, like, come, like, you know. Yeah, and that's the, that's, that's amazing. I mean, a lot of people don't have home to come back to. Right. Like, their parents are like, all right, you're out. 
Peace. Mm-hmm. Like, figure it out. Figure out life. Mm-hmm. And then they just struggle through it. Yeah, exactly. And the I'm support sure system isn't there. And it, it's important to have that mental support, it, whether it's from your family or friends mm-hmm. or people that you count on and trust. Yeah. Because they need to know your true intentions. And my intentions were to, I love what I, this is. And I don't know how, but I want to figure it out. Yeah. And even that statement, like, things didn't change too much in the sense of like, oh, things got better, I got a job or something. Mm-hmm. No, like I kept shooting, most importantly, I kept shooting with creators and influencers for free. I didn't charge anybody. It was yeah. never like something I thought that's I would what ever blows, do. Dude, that's what seriously blows my mind about the, the groundwork that you laid out before we started this company. Your perspective on that like it never was about the money for you. Like how? I mean, I guess growing up in, you know, we were an immigrant family. My parents at the time came from Ukraine. Both of them immigrated. Like they barely spoke a lick of English. They had to learn everything. They had to like, you know, welfare checks weren't unfamiliar and understanding yeah. that whole world. Like it wasn't, you know, it was, we didn't grow up with a lot. I didn't exactly have clothes or this. Like it wasn't something that I even really like, I guess, had an understanding that there's a way to make money and be, you know, I didn't have that. I was so young. I didn't mm-hmm. even think about that. So I have way other things on my yeah, mind at the yeah. time, leaving my, at the time, it was a tough family situation. It, things were difficult, but I think there was a certain drive to me at the time. Even I wanted to prove like my dad wrong, you know, in certain ways and certain things that just were not healthy. But at the time they were the reason that fueled me so much. And I think there's a lot of growth that had to happen over the years yeah. to readjust that, you know, fuel. So it's not just fumes that are you know, yeah. pushing you. But at the same time, I just loved it. And I didn't yeah. feel like, like I was honored to be given the opportunity to shoot with these cats. They were so good at mm-hmm. what they did. And they mm-hmm. were great. And they were allowing me into their life. And for me, it was like, why the hell would I charge? Like, I'm grateful to be here. Yeah. And it wasn't like I was saying, oh, give me a post or a like. Or, I've never asked for those things. Yeah. Like likes and shouts. Like, I don't care for crazy. that. I just love the art of it. It just truly was something that is in me. And you couldn't strip that away no matter what. Like yeah. it's inside. You it's can't amazing. take that from me. So many things are about money. Oh, Everything here is almost like transactional. It's like, how mu- you know, it's like, how much? How much are you going to pay me, you know? And it's and not to say that you shouldn't charge. It's not a bad thing. I think there's a way about going biz- about right. business, right? It's, you know, it's like... Of course, it's not good business to not make money. <laughs> you have right. to I mean, that's not a business. That's, that's, you know, exactly. that's slavery. But, but see, for me, I found other ways of doing it. I would connect with brands and I would DM people and literally like go and find jobs that would, you know, give me a few hundred dollars here and there. Yeah. Like I would find other ways, don't get me wrong, but like specifically influencers, creators, I would never charge, it never felt right to me. Yeah. And it's not something that I did. So that's why I feel like it was just so natural. And for me, like you have to realize too, when I was doing that, I was working overtime because I would shoot and my goal was to deliver next day, always. And it wasn't just deliver yeah, a that's photo pretty, that's or two. Insane too. I delivered the shoot with like 50 to 100 photos. For me, it was fully edited. That's, like, that's unheard of though. Always. Like that kind of turnaround. Because, exactly. Because like for me, I think it was one of my friends back in the day said something to me, which stuck with me for a while. He was also a photographer. And like, there's basically no way to stand out. Like, how are you going to stand out? If you, okay, you take some photos, someone else could take some photos. Yeah. They'll deliver in two to three days. You'll deliver in two to three days. What's the point? And I was yeah. like, well, if I can if I can help it, I'm going to start delivering stuff overnight, basically. Mm-hmm and for free and doing stuff that would show people my work ethic, yeah. but at the same time build this like, it's, we just had a shoot yesterday and you're opening up your text the next day and you're getting a link to all your photos. Like, I know you haven't heard of that's, that that's and it's crazy. going to make that's an impact crazy. in your head and yeah. you're gonna remember that. Yeah. And for me, it was just like, that was my drive of like, I want to do what I love and I wanna show you how much I love it. Yeah, dude, that's, that's pretty mind blowing. 10,000 hours, is, that's a joke. I, put in a hundred thousand hours, <laughs> yeah. honestly, like, no, truly. And I'd say that confidently because 
it became my obsession, my creative obsession. But you have to learn to become and love something and you can't let the materialistic, oh, it's not paying off, oh, the followers aren't paying off. If you can look at everything that's wrong, you will give up and you will end this very fast. Stop worrying about the little gratifications constantly because if you love it, people will see that you love it. There's so many people, unfortunately, in the city that I've met, especially photographers are so obsessed and they'll like literally be pissy like, oh, I posted this photo and it's, you know, it usually get 30,000 likes or 100,000 likes and only got, you know, 10% of that, 20% of this. Like, who cares? Do you not like your own work? Like, yeah. stop valuing your work based on everyone else. Yeah. It's yeah. so ridiculous. Like, yeah. if you can't learn to love your stuff, who does? Like, likes, followers, money, it comes and goes. Yeah. Like, literally, what happens when Instagram gets deleted tomorrow? What happens if there's a glitch and there's no internet? Like, do you become what? Does your value become zero? No, it does not. That only happens in your head. And if you don't value yourself, no one else will. Mm -hmm. Truly. Yeah. So, you know, something I always wondered, what clicked in your head? What made you want to do that first? project that you did with that getting a red getting the whole thing because again coming out of where we came from the yeah. slavic community is very like tread very lightly when i say that <laughs> we, we have a very um, watching, set, so careful. set way of doing things you know and once we like adapted or like our parents you know taught us something like we a lot of times don't even question it which is kind of like mm -hmm. follow it blindly and i'm not saying it's a good or bad thing i think everyone has to come to their own decision um, I have a very strong opinion on our culture and I disagree with many things on it actually. Um, but that's besides the point. But for me, just watching you at the time coming out of what you were coming out of, yeah. um, just this dude that's coming out and doing this story. What made you do that first story? And what was that first story that got you and started putting you and, and to be honest, on the map, whether you realize it or not, we were already seeing it with our communities. When I left high school, I just, I knew that I wanted to tell stories. When I graduated, I figured, I was thinking, what, wh how am I gonna make this happen? And so I think the next logical thing was film school. When I was there, that world opened up my mind to storytelling a lot more. We'd have class projects, and instead of just wanting to go shoot a regular film or regular video just to complete the assignment, I always went above and beyond. Mm. I always got more equipment than I needed to. I always got more people than I needed to just because like I wanted it to be something great. And I just, I, when it, the thing is for me, when I have a vision of something, when I watch something, there's nothing that can stop me, yeah, you know? That. And that's, I think that's the powerful thing about vision is like when you have it and you actually believe it, other people will start believing it too. And so I started seeing that with, with my, my stories and the films that I started making, people started believing me and I was like, whoa, this is kind of working actually. Mm. Like I should keep doing this, you know? Mm. And one of the things was, so when I was in film school, I just, I had stories I wanted to tell. And I, I think I started getting confidence to actually tell them. Mm -hmm. So what was the first project that you, like that is the most memorable for you? Cause I'm assuming that first project that you put out meant something deep to you, right? Cause like you, again, pulled all of the stops to make that happen. Yeah. What was that? Tell us just a little bit about that. What was that story? I remember when I was in film school, we had, a, we had a project where we had to do a, a short film. I remember, so my family comes from the Soviet Union. My, my grandparents, right? My parents grew up in the Soviet Union. And mm. so in the early 90s, a lot of them left to the States to kind of for religious reasons, right? Because there was a lot of persecution happening. Not so much in the 90s anymore or the 80s. Mm -hmm. um, but in general, there was a mass migration. My grandma actually came to the States. And we, you know, as we grew up, we got very close with our grandparents and my grandma especially. And she would tell us stories 
about how she would be persecuted for her faith and how they would be doing church in like their homes and their neighbors would rat them out. Police would come in and they would basically take people to, to jail, right? Because right. religion was, was not allowed. Damn. And so I remember through those conversations with my grandma, I, I, just, I just felt like I wanted to tell that story. Like for me, it felt special because it was my grandma, you know, she was older and I just knew that I wanted, I wanted to honor her life. Mm. And so I took a piece of a story that she's told me before and I basically created a film out of it. It was like a eight, eight to 10 minute film that I did for my film class. And mm -hmm. I just remember it felt so special to me. And I always tell people that this is probably one of the most important projects I've ever done in my life that I will ever do, right? Because it was, had to do with my grandma who we were very close to, like very close to. And the things she had to go through to make it were just insane. And so I think for my family, I had to do it and for myself. And, the, you know, I was able to do it before she passed away. And so she was able to see it. And that was really special to us. And I was actually able to film a, a reaction video as well. So uh, my kids and my grandkids will always have that about our grandma, my grandma. And um, that was the beginning, man. I, I did that first short film and then, you know, it was Damn. the rest is kind of history. So tell me a little bit about when you were getting ready to move to LA. Um, I'm assuming a lot of people have that time. Like people want to do something different and want to step out and take that next step, whatever that is. And specifically for you, because you were already getting kind of rooted and grounded in where you were. You had a wedding business, which was successful, and you were doing short films, and you were beginning to do that. And it was not your first, and it wasn't your last that you did out there. What began to happen when you started to get ready to move? What was it like? Was you, were you nervous? Were you scared? And what were people whispering in your ears at the time? Like, what was all that noise and conversation happening? When I was thinking about Los Angeles, and when I was thinking about my time in Portland, and you know, as you said, I had a wedding business and doing the short films and stuff. I think like all that was great and it was amazing, but I felt like I had more that I could offer to the world. And um, I just knew, my soul just knew that I had to get to a bigger city. And LA was always something that was in my mind. Um, I would tell my, like, I would tell my friends, I would tell, you know, my family, like, I know I'm gonna be in LA, I don't know when. I even, I even wrote in a journal that I'm gonna be in LA. And I didn't know when mm. I was gonna go, I just wrote it down, I just, basically just prophesied to myself that, hey, this is gonna happen. And I remember, you know, there was a specific moment where I was done with film school and I was figuring out what are my next steps. And naturally, like, I think you and I are a little bit different in the sense of like, you, you're strategic, but you're strategic in when you, you basically, you jump and then you're like, okay, cool, let's figure out how this parachute works. Like the parachute's right. still there, right? But for me, before I jump, I always think about, what kind of parachute is it? I think in life, it, there was moments where I stopped myself from succeeding because I would overthink things. And I knew I was just at a moment where I knew I had to jump. I had to, I had to do this no matter what the parachute was like. And um, I remember I was uh, driving with a friend of mine in Portland and I was just telling him how, how just bored I, I was getting and, and how like, I felt like I just wasn't growing. I, wasn't, I didn't feel happy being in Portland, and I just had something go off in my head, like like a light bulb. What, what do I have to lose? I'll just go there for a few months, I'll figure it out. If I don't like it, if it doesn't work out, I'll come back home to my parents. Like, I have that option. Literally that night I decided that I'm moving to LA. Mm. I remember I told myself, okay, fine, I'll, I'll move there in three months. And then I called you that night, oh, I think it was the next morning that I called you and I said, hey Vitaly, and I, I'm like, I'm moving to LA. And you're like, what? I'm like, yeah. I'm moving to LA. And you're like, when? I'm like, in three months. And you're like, 
Wait, what? You're like, no, 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 no. He's like, you're gonna move in a month. I'm like, dude, no, it has to be three months. I have so much I need to do here. You know, I have to like wrap up things. And you're like, what do you have? What do you have to wrap up? Like, what is it that you can't do in LA that you're doing in Portland now, right? And at that time, I was I had a wedding business and I was, you know, editing a lot of weddings. And for you know, being a wedding filmmaker, you you can travel. Like, you can travel to film, but then you can edit from anywhere. And See that that I remember that conversation so specifically because like I was outside of my Van Nuys apartment, which I was staying at again with a friend. It was it was such a weird moment because there's two types of people, right? There's such a great example of like you're saying three months, and I'm uh, literally I'm like I'm trying to actively come up with a reason for you to stay, and I can't think of one, and I'm like, what kind of crap excuse is that <laughs> like honestly like it's just interesting to see the correlation of like the two types of people that exist yeah. you know one's just like why is there a problem with it and the other one's like well logically i gotta think one two three four five mm-hmm. I'm like dude just can go to five you'll figure out the rest later <laughs> like come on we're trying to get to 100 not like don't worry about that you know mm-hmm. that's so cool to see that and so when you moved out how was that feeling when you were moving and i know you said you you were gonna move out for three months was that I'm saying three months but I really want to be there for like just I want to move move there or did you really were like okay I'm gonna go explore and then I'm gonna come back like how was that in your head I was really hoping to stay there okay but I didn't know what I was gonna do like yeah I'll keep shooting weddings and traveling and editing and stuff like that which is fine but I, I've always known that I'm not always gonna be in the wedding industry for me instantly the second that I heard that you're coming like perfect there's my business partner. I literally like already made up a whole plan. I'm like, perfect. I'm gonna do photo. He's gonna do video. We're gonna do a company together. And I remember we had those long discussions where I was like, cool. So what are we gonna name our company? You're like, whoa, 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 slow down there, Buckaroo. Like, what do you I was mean? Like, Yo, let me figure out my life first before we can start a company. I'm already like, dude, let's go. We're gonna do so great. All these people, influencers, are gonna freaking start doing it. Job. Yeah, because like, you were you were working with like a lot of influencers at that point already. Like that was you know two or three years in, in for you, right? Um, and so, yeah, I remember that. It was pretty funny. So when you did come out, what were your expectations of us? Like, or did you not have you any to be at honest all? with you? Yes, absolutely. Please. <laughs> so have to be. It, Only way we do it here. Honestly, so when I came out to LA, um, obviously, like, I was at, talking to my mentors and I was talking to my friends about what they thought, right? Of and, me. Well, let's, well, I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> um, but they asked me, like, who are you going to live with? What are you going to do there, right? And... And I said, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work with Vitaly. And basically people, a handful of people basically told me, um, anything, whatever you do, don't, don't go into business with Vitaly. <laughs> like, just don't do it because like, he's, he's a train wreck. Nope. And I mean, at that point, like, you know, I'm not going to lie, you were, you were a train wreck. It's a loose cannon, <laughs> you know? dude. You can't trust me. I'm like literally breaking every rule, running around, jumping from city to city, like just doing stuff that's yeah, unnormal. It was, it was, so, there, was, there was no stability in your life at that point. And, but you, you say stability. I say I just I mean, lived life. Right, For me, right. like, it, you, you, you know what I'm saying? It's I all about perspective, right? It's all about perspective because people have such a set way of like, no, you need to go to college. You need to get a job. You're going to get yeah. your picket white fence house. I always called bullcrap on that. Like, don't get me wrong. I want a house. It could have a white fence. I don't care. But it's not about, I'm not chasing that life. I'm not doing this for that life. I've never went to college. I mean, there's a reason I dropped out of college to continue doing something else because mm-hmm. I wanted to find a way that's going to make me eventually happy. And I didn't know what that was. Mm-hmm. And quite frankly, even now, like, I don't have a home. I have a car. I enjoy my life. Like, I, I live life with friends. But, like, that's still not a goal of mine to settle down. Mm-hmm. My goal is to continue turning the table and flipping ish everywhere I go till the day I die. Like, 
death is gonna be the only thing that's gonna shut me up. Ooh, that's good. Okay, you came to LA. We got our first project. I believe it was Austin Mahone, music video. Yeah. First project together, video shoot. You were DPing it? I was DPing it. DPing, I was directing, whatever that means. Uh, for me <laughs> at the time, it was just like, I'm going to, I know the influencer and they, we kind of have a story for him. Yeah, they approved it. With them. Yeah, they, they approved it, they liked it, and you know, let's freaking do it. Let's, mm -hmm. you know, we rented an Airbnb, we figured it out, and it was our first little project. And that's actually around the time when we, without even realizing it, invited our uh, business partner, new, now, well, now, yeah, business, now partner, business partner, um, to come and help us get that thing all set up and yeah. produced and all so, that. So let me, let me tell people real quick how much of a show we were <laughs> okay, please. when I came to LA. <laughs> please. That first project happened within one, one to two months. If you remember, it happened one to two months like when I came. Of you moving there? And I remember I had to leave Portland uh, for a project for, I think it was for a wedding or something else. I had to go back to Portland. And uh, during that time, you were developing this relationship with this artist, Austin Mahone, and you were basically like, hey, um, you know, Dennis, um, we're gonna do a music video, and, um, and I think what was happening was I think I think the I think the, actually the the project has already been like building, but then it came when it came down to it, the project was bigger than we thought it was, and I remember I was in Portland and you called me and you were like, Dennis, the basically the music video is like three days away and we have nothing planned, <laughs> and I'm like we'll figure this out, we're gonna be good, like that was one like, one of the few times that you actually freaked out. Because mm. you, you you know usually you're, you just bulldoze through it, and I'm like okay cool. So this is what producers exist. So let me call my friend Ian from film school, and um, I'll see if he can come out for a few days and help us. So I called Ian up, and I was like, Hey Ian, what are you doing in two days? And he was like, I guess I'm coming to LA. <laughs> you know, <laughs> guess I'm coming to help you. So I, I told him about the project, and he came out, and you know. We made it happen. The music video came through, but yeah, the, but that started a whole new journey of of basically where we're at now. You know, through that, through Ian coming, through that first project, that music video, um, basically our business started. And shortly after Ian, which we're gonna have, um, hopefully on the podcast here pretty soon. But Ian came out, moved to LA, and we started a business. All three of us. Pretty much. Pretty crazy. That's crazy. Pretty insane. Okay, so. Moving into the future of this podcast, tell me your heart for it. What is the reason behind your why on I See Your Talent and what we want to grow here? I think for me, and I, I, I'm sure you can relate to this, but being in this creative field, there was a lot of people that helped us get here. They saw things in us. They saw skills. They saw you know, passions and talents and, and things that they knew that Needed, needed to be encouraged, right? And I believe the future of this podcast specifically is um, we want to bring on people that are talented in their industries and in their fields. Um, we want to affirm them. We want to encourage them. But I think the biggest thing is we want to hear their story. How did they get there? We want to have those conversations. And I think um, in the world we live in now, I feel like there's so many things that are superficial. And I think my heart, and I know your heart is, to have honest conversations about life because I think that through honest conversations, people can heal and people can um, grow and people can be encouraged. And I think for us, even as a brand, being on the light and all the content we're ever gonna create is we want to build a platform for other people um, as other people have done for us. And I told Dennis, I'm like, 
for me, this is not a business. I'm not doing this for business reasons. I want to do this for people reasons because I want to look back at this 10 years from now and my kids or my kids can look back at this way after I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? And like my grandkids, whatever, and they can look into who I was back mm. at 24. It's crazy, right? You know, and just have those conversations of like, no, we're going to continue growing. Like we're going to look back at this a year from now and be like, we were those people? What the heck? Like, um, and I'm just excited to talk about people and I'm excited to get their stories and just see where they're coming from and their voice in this crazy world that we live in because everyone has a journey, everyone has a story and if anyone in the world, for me, if you think that you won't learn from somebody, you're already thinking that you're too good for a voice or an opinion of someone else and you're gonna be stuck in your ways and quite frankly, I don't think you're gonna go anywhere in life. (laughs) You have to constantly know that you don't know anything and everything that you just, just learned that means you learned this piece of information that just opened up another 30 things that you never knew about and that you have to start asking questions on and getting in deeper and rooting it because anytime we apply any practice to our life, naturally, we have to study it, get to know it, become a habit, form it, and then apply it and it begins to bear fruit in one way, form or another. And I'm just curious to see people's stories and people's fruits and what they do and how they do it and just grab any bits of nuggets and information they can give us, you know, and just grow with that together as a community. Love it. I think this is going to be a really cool journey and I'm excited to do this with you, bro. Thank you guys for joining us today on this first episode of this podcast. We are super excited to go on this journey with you guys. I know. I'm super excited. Make sure you stay tuned. It's going to be every week, right? Every week. We're going Definitely. to either be bringing people in or we're going to be having these conversations with us or our team. There's so much stuff to talk about. But more importantly, we just want to share everything that we've been through in our journey and how we got here. And quite frankly, just be honest with you guys and how we're moving forward because not everything is going to be easy or perfect. And that's the beauty of it. We want to talk it out, get it out there. We all can come to our conclusion. Everyone's different. Everyone has a choice and decision and how they do things. And we just want to share our opinion. And by no means is this how you should do things. This is just an opinion in our way and how we're doing it in LA and how we're kicking ass and taking names slowly, as our business partner Ian would say. Um, but we're going to be doing this on a weekly basis. And we're so excited to have you guys with us. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in and having this conversation with us. If you guys would like to support us, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, leave a review. And by doing this, you guys will literally help us spread these stories and this message across the world. And if you guys think there's anyone else that could benefit from this conversation, please make sure to shoot them a text with the link to this video. Thank you guys seriously again so much for tuning in and we'll see you guys next week. I need to know everything. Who in the what in the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious.